welcome to episode 71 fish across the ponds marlins uk podcast i'm your host peter pratt and joining me the uk goats are in the house lee dobbs in the leadoff spot lee how are we i am as good as always uh, ecstatic the marlins have won a series Good man. Dan the man is sleeping. He's had too much heat and he is now snoozing. So Dan the man, the man behind Miami Heat UK, is AWOL. But in the cleanup spot, Rob Newell, how are we? Oh, I'm feeling a bit bloated, Pete. I think I've been eating too many Slim Jims. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those victory Slim Jims. Oh, they taste sweet. For anyone, I, I, and I had no idea what a, what a Slim Jim was um, until a few <laughs> weeks back. For the UK listeners that are thinking, what the hell is a Slim Jim? I've narrowed it down to it's kind of like a pepperami. I think that's kind of the best description. So in the US, most of you guys listening are based in the US. So what the stats tell me, victory Slim Jims. For you guys in the UK, get your victory pepperamis in uh, <laughs> in the house. <laughs> hey, there could be another T-shirt coming on that one. Victory pepperamis. I don't know. <laughs> oh dear, guys, this is part two, podcast two of four in the NLDS preview. Guys, can you believe? We're having this podcast. We are here previewing a Marlins NLDS. Absolutely insane. Lee Dobbs. How good was that Cubs series? That was, a, yeah, it was a amazing, wasn't it? I mean, the, the, the pitching was, was you know, outstanding. I mean, the, the hitting, you know, I mean, timely, uh, you know, the, I, I suppose, with, with the home runs. But, I mean, just... I mean, the pitching was just amazing. You know, the starters, the bullpen, Kinsler. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he I mean, he got us. You know, you know, nervy. You know, in that night night feeling with that lead lead off double, but you no, know, he came came through then. Then to strike out the side. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole series was just, was just amazing. I mean, just to sweep the Cubs, you know, in Wrigley as well. Just just perfect, amazing amazing series. Oh, insane! This. That sentence, mate, that you've said to sweep the Cubs in Wrigley in a in a three game wild card series to advance, and it is the 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 central you know winner division yeah. winner. The Cubs I won mean, that if division. If you if someone had said to us in in February <laughs> that we that we would go into Wrigley and sweep, you know, in, in the playoffs, <laughs> we oh. we would have been yeah mental. <laughs> oh my days! It was. Oh, what a series. And, and how iconic that image, the guys at the end. Um, you've got, you know, Monte's in there, Brins is in there, Aguilar, Marte, all the dudes there sat there just smoking cigars just in, in Wrigley Field. An empty Wrigley Field, right? But the dudes just sat there smoking cigars. I mean, incredible image, right? It's just 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 brilliant. Like like that, the whole the whole the whole team team was like, you know, it was there. It was, it was just, I mean, the whole series was, was just amazing. Yeah. Is that, is that the best series the Marlins have had since 2003? 
Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's the only series we've had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, as, as a whole, you know, in terms of just series, you know, regular season, yeah, and in the whole, it was just like you say, it was just great. I mean, just to sweep them. I mean, we we never swept in 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 two thousand three. You know, you know, you know none, none of the series. So so that's the first. So I was it was just just brilliant to see. Incredible. Rob Newell, what about you, buddy? How, how can you try and summarise that that Cubs sweep? Insane. It was uh, really, really amazing. Um, it was, uh, considering that the Cubs what, were the third seed, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have thought it. We were so dominant. Mm. And I thought we were really, really in control. Even if you take it, I knew the Stars were, were with us, that we were going to win this. When... Ian Happ hit that home run and that the Cubs bullpen started going during that celebration with those kind of inflatable sort of guitars and musical instruments. And I thought, <laughs> that is really the lamest celebration I think I've ever, ever seen. And we now, now that that, that means we've got to win this, surely. They, they can't be doing that too often. And um, I, it was, I think where we actually really, really won it was through our pitching. There were two pitching duels there. And I was really, really impressed actually in the first game. Um, how because Hendricks has been on such good form. He was really, really um well respected as a pitcher, as one of the best. And if if you if you the way it was going after the, the home run was hit, you thought, well, Hendricks is gonna be going probably a good six, seven, you know, eight. We're gonna if we're gonna get this back, it's gonna be tight, it's gonna be near the end. And then we just had that incredible um, uh, uh, seventh inning where sort of Agliar and Marte had kind of got it together, a couple of double bases. And it was it was just absolutely fantastic. At that point, you thought, wow, well, this is, we've had the pitcher's duel, we've kept it tight, and then we've come through with, with batting. And that's the thing that's always let us down in the past. We've never had that capability. We've never had Marte or Agliar in there to pull it through at the end. And that was impressive. I thought Hendricks was going to burst out crying when he walked up. He looked really, really upset yeah. that it kind of gone wrong. And that, um, but Alcantara's pitching was incredible. Again, it was just you could you just watch the guy. It was just so entertaining. You know he wasn't going to give much away. Um, and then we went into and oh sorry the bullpen as well. Uh, Yimmy, Kinsler, just absolutely rock solid. And then into the second game, which in some ways you could even say was was the harder of the pitcher duels because Sixto's had some issues in these last couple of starts. It looked like they'd been a bit found out. It looked like, you know, they'd been doing the analytics and all the rest of it. And we thought, oh, we could have some trouble here. And, you know, it was Hayward was, was going on about saying, hey, we've had that extra day because of that dubious rain delay. Yeah. <laughs> We've been... I forgot about that, actually. I forgot, I forgot they had that rain delayed when it never rained. Watching, <laughs> apparently spent the whole day watching video of, of, of uh, Sixto pitching. I'm, I'm not quite <laughs> sure which Sixto. Is there another Sixto <laughs> in the Airball Because they clearly weren't watching anything that he'd done because they didn't have a clue what to do with him. And Sixto's stuff was just electric. Really, really. And, and even when he did get in trouble, even when, you know, there was a couple on base and we had a bases loaded situation, he looked comfortable still. He looked so confident that he knew what to do. He didn't look flustered. He knew his stuff was still there to pull it through. And um, I just thought it was fantastic. And sort of Boxberger was brilliant. And, and Yimmy again. And then Kinsler 
again, just, you know, in, in, in a situation where you've got someone, you've got both with Yimi and, and Kinsley, you've got, you got, you know, they've got a tying run there, but they seem so cool. Yeah. And they seem to be able to pull it through. And we, we've never had a bullpen like that in, in, you know, 10 years I've been watching them. And the fact that we can brush aside Hendricks, we can brush aside, you know, a on-form you Darvish, I thought was 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 quite amazing. Um, so, and Cooper's home run as well. You know, against that, what, 40-mile-an-hour winds or whatever they were, yeah. even so, he can still get it through. Just fantastic. That's, that's, that's the best Marlins I've, I've, I've ever seen as a fan. I must say the heart rate was up, heavily up for the for the whole game, for both the games, for the whole series. It was it was incredible. Rob, you, I've I've been scribbling down a few points you've made there just to kind of add a few follow ups. Firstly, the Cubs bullpen that you mentioned, them boys looked like they're on a stack, dude, didn't they? They were on a stack, dude. <laughs> there, just dicking around with their inflatables. Come on, boys, bloody hell! What were they doing? I mean, it, it was all fun, right? But um, it was a bit early for that. You know what I mean? If it was a home run from, from Hap to make it 6-0 in, you know, in the eighth, okay, great, get the inflatables out. But 1-0 in a tight game, it's a little bit early for the stag to inflatables, in my opinion. But um, something else you mentioned there, mate, pitching, right? This team, pitching and defense, Miggy Rowe talked pregame, uh, sorry, well, media tonight uh, about exactly that. We're a pitching and defense team plus aggressive on you know aggressive base runners, and the pitchers delivered. Um, keep it tight, hang tough. It's what we've done all year. The key difference that you've mentioned. This is the key difference. We won it with some home runs. <laughs> An oppo with the boppo, Corey Dickerson, dick shot, piss missile, cock rocket. However you want to phrase it, and then Aguilar, you know. This is a different type of Marlins offense now. There is some legit pop, and they delivered. And that's the, that's the difference. We didn't have to small ball it. We had just had a couple of couple of big pops. And then, you know, Cooper Loop with a big pop in game two. So completely different offense to what we've seen. Completely different bullpens. We talked about this maybe two pods ago, guys. And I think I brought it up and said, this is the best bullpen I've ever seen for the Marlins in, in the four or five years yeah. I followed the team. And that is showing up. Kinsler, for me, how are the how are the national media not talking about Brandon Kinsler? Because his plums are huge. And equally, personality-wise, he is huge. He is just a top, top dude. You ask him a question, he'll give you 15 sound bites that you can play forever. Top dude. So bullpen awesome. Cooper loop awesome. Uh, there was a funny moment. Pre-game for game two, where uh, you know the, the Tatis bat flip had happened the night before, the big bat flip the Tatis delivered. I asked Cooper Loop if the moment arose, would you go down a similar path? And he kind of smiled. And I think he, without saying no, I think he said no. <laughs> <laughs> then he hit the huge home run. And I asked him after the game, I said, Did you did you think about it? Did it cross your mind? And he said, Absolutely not. The wind was blowing in a way where I had no idea. Um, I, it felt okay. It felt good. But with the wind swirling, no idea. So what I'm excited to see is if Cooper Loop drills a no-doubter, will there be anything more than a bat drop? I don't think so. But anyway, we'll keep our, our eyes peeled on that one. 
stranger things have happened, guys. You know, we've had Oppo with the Boppo on Marlin's radio, so I'm not ruling anything out this year at all. <laughs> so, boys, Lee Dobbs, we move to a five-game series with the Braves in what Brandon Kinsler describes as a potential bloodbath. <laughs> how, how do you see this one going, buddy? I mean, I mean, this will, will be a different series. I mean, the Braves, obviously, their offense is stacked. So, yeah. the pit, I mean, obviously, hopefully our, our pitching, you know, y'all, y'all, y'all can match up. Obviously, we played them, what was it, 10 times we played them, and what was it, we four and six, I think, against them. Yeah. Like, soon it was three and one. You know, we were three and three until that last series, you know, just before the season ended. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be, be tough. I mean, I, I actually thought we, we'd lose the Cubs series, so, you know, I'm happy, <laughs> but yeah. I mean it, 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 will, it will be be tough. But I, I mean, like I say, we've we've beaten them four four times already. You know, our, our pitching you know is is deeper than theirs. I think you know it stacks up well. Their mm-hmm. offense is is probably better. So I mean, I think it should be a, a close series. You know, it's pit, pitching against offense. Obviously, it's, it's in a neutral site now, so we don't we don't know how that's going to affect things. Obviously, it was Houston, so the roof may be closed, so there'd be no wind or wind of things like like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it it will be tough, but I don't see why we can't go in there. I mean, the, the Braves obviously have have history of choking in you know, in the playoffs. I mean, I think that was their first series win in since two thousand one. Yeah, yeah, the one they the one they they, they just had. Yeah, and there, so. Yeah, there's there's no reason why we can't can't carry on. So here's what we know. Just before we came on the air, guys, the rotation for the first three games is announced, and Sandy, as you mentioned, uh, will go game one. Rightly so. Sandy's the ace, unquestionable ace for the Marlins now. Right now, in my opinion, the dude post COVID. I mean, opening day, he was insane. He he net. He'd never pitch better for the Marlins than he did on opening day. And that includes his two complete games that he had the previous season. He was incredible. Came back, had a sluggish start against the uh, the Rays. But since then, the confidence has been way up. And the results have been way up also. So Sandy goes, followed by Pablo. He hasn't pitched for over two weeks, Pablo. I think that's a really, it's an interesting wrinkle. Sixto will go in game three. So that's how we line up six and four or four and six from a Marlins perspective in the, in the, the regular season. Sandy did not pitch against the Braves all year. So yes, it's four and six. Yes. We got destroyed in one game, 29, nine. Um, but for me, the pitching lines up great. Freed will go game one. Second game is Ian Anderson. We've got to him a couple of times, too. We've seen him twice. And I think Kyle Wright goes game three. So, listen, for me, if it comes down to it and you've got Sixto versus Kyle Wright, you know, I'm leaning towards the Marlins there in in, in a crucial game. It'll be crucial. The game three will be crucial no matter which way it goes in the first two. So, you know, feeling confident there. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, Rob, the the one thing I'm slightly concerned about, and again, Kinsler was concerned about this too, is this short left field, which is about 
200 feet or something. It's absolutely tiny, I think, you know, uh, left field there. But ha- just on the, on the, like, the location being, at, I guess, at the Astros um, stadium or ballpark, how do you think that kind of factors into this? You know, neutral site and a site that teams don't really play that often. And equally, some short boundaries as well in, in certain areas. And, and that Braves offense is, is naughty. Yeah, the, the, the offense side of it being a, a slightly smaller park will, will, in theory, favor the Braves. But then again, our pitching as, as one at whatever size ground, you know, we, we did all right sort of going up to Buffalo and that was even smaller than that. So um, the, um, the, the, the fact that it's in a neutral venue, I'm not sure this year really makes any difference. Um, yes, we're used to playing indoors, uh, assuming that the, the, it will be a closed roof. Um, but then again, we've just gone up to Chicago. The weather was a bit inclement and we just swept them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, does it really make much of a difference? I don't think so, really. I, I, I think it's um, there's no crowd. And so I think that the location is slightly irrelevant for this. <laughs> I think interesting you're saying about, you know, being short boundaries and you think about Freeman and Acuna the the problem there is like we we, we I think I mentioned this in in a in a in a previous uh, uh, podcast we did but um uh, Freeman so far has hit against us in his career 32 home runs <laughs> and I know he faces us a lot uh, that that is at 630 at bats but he does have a batting average of 302 against us. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, he also is, is 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 quite damaging, as we as we well know. 173 at bats, a batting average of 318. He's hit 17 home runs against us already. Wow! So um, wow. you know, uh, how many at bats was that? Sorry, Rob. That is in 173 at bats wow. against us, and so it's really his OPS against us is 1.079. Which is uh, yeah, it's it's he's uh, you, you forget that uh, he's been around for a, a couple of years now, and it's just been damaging. And um, also, he's he's always been fired up against, especially after what happened with the the whole uh, incident with Urania. So you've yeah. got you've got uh, you know a, a few players there that you've got really really calmed down, and that that's that's going to be very tricky out there. But then again, we got the got the pitching. What interests me a little bit is I thought they'd gone Pablo first, and the reason for it, I understand what you say about you know Sandy is our number one, but as Pablo didn't pitch game three because he didn't need to, I thought they'd have gone him one, Sandy six though, because the the more rest that Pablo's had, he could have gone again in game four if you need to. And then you've got your, you could go again if you wanted, even with Sandy again, because if you go game five, got nothing to lose, you'd have Sandy and six though. That's the way I thought they would do it. I'd be interested now to think whether, what they would do in a game four situation, because now you've got Lopez as the second starter, surely your fourth game, you're then saying, okay, right, we're committed to a, a Castano and Rogers game. Um, I, you know, with one of them starting and one of them going long relief. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, I really hope we don't have to get there and we've we've swept them. Wouldn't that mm-hmm. be amazing after all the pain oh, they've given them? But actually, Lee was right. One point, just very quickly, they they're only, you know, one game above us. 
this year. I, it was interesting to note that I thought they would they'd actually been a bit more damaging, but six and four. And you've mm-hmm. got to remember one of those games was that that complete blowout. If you take away that blowout out of the out of the numbers here, that means that they vote are for and against in regards to runs scored and runs against ends up being uh, 39 against or we've conceded and 35 we've scored, yeah. which is quite close. If you compare that to the New York Mets, well, they, they scored 67 and 32 against. Compare that to Phillies, 59 and 53 against. So we do keep it tight against, and Washington's even worse, 66 and 57. So, you know, we've kept it tight against them before. Why can't we do it again? Absolutely. I, I mean, I know the offence is dangerous, but the offence, the numbers are padded. That's the point you're making, right? The numbers are padded with a, with a blowout game with, you know, you've got a sacrificial lamb or two out there. In the other games... The one thing I must say as well, guys, not you know, we shouldn't forget that in the first series they had no Ronald Acuna or Ozzy Albies themselves, so they were missing those guys. And I think they swept us, if I remember correctly. They they rolled in, and we thought, right, here's the time we're going to take the Braves. Um, maybe it was two one. They definitely won the series. And I thought, right, no Ronnie, no Ozzy, and they came in and, and and done a number on us. They were they were tight games, but. They beat us in that first series uh, of the year. Now, we went to Atlanta after and, and won one, um, a series anyway. So, I think it's going to be extremely close, extremely tight. You know, what we've seen in this playoffs really is, you know, in the playoffs, pitching shows, right? How many low-scoring games were there? You know, the Braves were the same. We were the same. You've got your studs on the mound. It's not going to be 12-5. You know, it just isn't. These pitchers, they're, they're too good. And yes, the Braves are dangerous. They really are dangerous. But our guys can, can, keep, them, can keep it tight, I think. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how it goes. So on that note, guys, let's, let's take a slightly deeper dive. I asked Danny the Godfather exactly this last night when we spoke. And I'll put it to you guys as well. We're going to go through uh, each area of each team and give it either a Marlins or Braves and see how you think it stacks up. We'll start with an easy one. It's very easy. And we'll start with you, Lee. The lineup. <laughs> Marlins or Braves, who are you taking? <laughs> I pain to me to say, but obviously the Braves. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they're the... You know, their, their lineup is, is obviously deeper. Yeah, you know, they hit for more power. So, yeah, I mean, it, it would be the Braves the brave lineup. Has to be. Rob Newell, it has to be, right? Um, yeah, so I, I obviously would, uh, it, we, we talked about, you know, like Freeman and we talked about, you know, Azuna and Acuna and, you know, Albies and, that, you know, it's, it's uh, it, Austin Riley, Duval. They've got, it's incredible with that, that with the bat. Um, so yeah, I, I understand that lineup. The the bit that you're probably going to ask next is about the pitching. That that's the bit. Yeah, well, hold on, hold on. So you're right. Lineup wise, you're taking the Braves. I, I said to Danny last night. I said, listen, the Braves, things for them this year. Um, Ronnie, Ozzy, Freeman, these guys have been at the Braves for a few years. We've seen them. They're studs. We know they're studs already. 
But where the Braves have really just got it right this year has been Ozuna, Travis Dano, and Duval. You know, those guys, the production out of their fringe. Um, you know, I, I, and maybe that's unfair to say, like, is Ozuna a fringe guy? But, you know, signed on a one-year deal. Um, production they've got out of them guys makes that lineup just crazy. Perfect crazy. DH. He's the perfect DH at Zuna. That's, that's he is. something that's played in their hands this year. That's the yeah. perfect guy for it because also you can bring him back in the outfield. We know uh, when he was at the Marlins, he was a, he was a good outfielder. Yeah, that, that's kind of not been the case in the last few years. But yeah, yeah he's a perfect DH who he can just sit there. He can really hit for power, and he looks more comfortable like that. To be honest with you, he looks happier like that. Yeah, he's playing loose. He's playing loose. I tell you what, though, about Azuna in particular, I've always got the sense that oh, when I watch him, when we when we play him, when we play the Braves, I feel more often than not we come out on top. Like, yeah, I know he's hit a lot of home runs, but the majority of them haven't been against the Marlins this year. They're, they're against other teams. And I, I've often seen Ozuna very, very wild, very wild against the Marlins. Perhaps because it's the Marlins, he's got the foot on the gas, but... You know, interest. I'm intrigued to see, but those guys, like Duval and and Dano have been the real like supplemental guys that have just taken that lineup to another level. But anyway, let's keep it rolling. Um, Rob Newell, the rotation. Which rotation are you taking? I think this is easy. But what about you? Yep, um, I also think this is easy. Um, it's definitely us. Um, so if you you only just have to look at um of, of the damage that that sandy sixto pablo have done this year and and how well um you know they they pitched um uh, considering the circumstances the team have been in they have they they're they're a lock in our top three of our rotation and give us that set you know very um secure sort of top three then after that of course we're we the the, the fill-in guys a bit like castano and rogers have come up and done incredibly well, but they're inexperienced. Mm-hmm. And how are they going to deal with it in a more pressure situation? With the Braves, we know Freed is, is, is excellent. Ian Anderson's an interesting one on the basis that we've done quite well against him in the past. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think we're a bit more confident, but actually he's had a very, very good season. After that, it is really, really open. Um, Kyle Wright, didn't really have that great a year. He's been very up and down. We exposed him in, in, in one game. And, um, you know, what they got after that, I, there's, um, it's, it's difficult to know. Do they, uh, do they have to call up Tuki Toussaint again, you know, a little bit experienced, but how experienced is he there? Or they're going for another bullpen game. Really. It feels like with the Braves, like we've got three really solid pitches that we can rely on. I think they've got two, um, and maybe one that that we could in Ian Anderson we could we could possibly get at. So yeah, I, it, it's, it's our rotation. What makes it interesting is like a game four situation where I think both teams are struggling to really know who they're going to put out there. Yeah, and let, let me just put just to, before I come to Lee, quick follow up. Game four, seasons on the line for the Marlins. Does Sandy go again? Game four, no re- no rest days. So. Do you think, you know, it's 2-1, the Braves going into game four, win to stay in, Sandy go again? Rob? 
sorry about that. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, that was uh, broke up slightly. Uh, yeah, that's that's absolutely. I you you when it's um in the um the the last game um and you're going out, you will put anybody in um yeah. to do that, wouldn't you? You 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 do anything to to try and 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 keep us in. So the fact that you wouldn't be on that much rest isn't much of a problem because if it paid off and you're in that in that situation. Then, and you get into the game five situation, then, and you win it, then into the when you get into the uh, to the next series, at least Sandy's had some rest. The, yeah. the times when it where you think you could regret it is if you know I don't know you put out Rogers out there or somebody, and the inexperience means they fall apart, or a situation like the Astros had. They, they what happened in that 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 final game. You know where they were crying out to saying get Garrett Cole in, <laughs> and they didn't, and it all fell apart. Mm-hmm. You know, Grenke had given them that start, and if they just put Cole in, even though he'd only you know had a couple of hadn't started for a couple of days, or, or he'd started a couple of days ago, would they have, have pushed that through and maybe won that game and then been able to win the World Series? Yeah. So I I I I think you always put your best person out there. Yeah. Lee, what about you? Rotation slam dunk for the Marlins on the face of it? Yeah, you know, I think Rob, you know, summed it up, up well there. You know, I yeah. think it's the Marlins. Our, our top top three is better than their top three. Like I said, they may have freed, but I'd, I'd take, I'd definitely take then, you know, you know, Sandy and Pablo after that. Obviously, Ian Anderson, as Rob said, you know, you know we've got, got to, to him before. And I know he's done well in in the other games, but yeah, yeah you know, it, they, the, I wouldn't say their rotation. You know, it it doesn't fear me at all. No, and, and they know too, right? I mean, I've been in touch with Bob all season. You know, Bob's gone from saying the Braves have got one pitcher to two pitchers, then back to one, and then down to none <laughs> at one point when Freed was injured. So, listen, the Braves know they've got a rotation problem. They have. Um, yeah. There's no getting away from that, and so we're going to see if offense can prevail with no with no pitching, pretty much. Yeah, um, if, if we can take at least one one of the first two, obviously yeah. to get it to one all, I'd back us in in game three. Obviously, then you've got game four, yeah, which also we don't know, you know, who who will be starting in those games yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd, it's definitely the Marlins, Marlins, you know, starting rotation. Yeah, well, I'll just let you ponder on the bullpen because that's the next one in a sec. Um, intrigued to see where we go with that one because I think both bullpens have been have been good. But one one little wrinkle, guys, with Max Fried confirmed as the game one starter, I think we all know what that means from a Marlins hitting perspective. For me, Lewis Brinson will be starting game one. Uh, the way that plat- platoon has worked all season long, Brintz will be in right field, I think. So, you know, good on Brintz. He's been awesome against the lefties this year. He's been an awesome personality for the Marlins this year in in many things. Um, and I personally will absolutely love him starting game one in the NLDS. Um, so, anyway, the bullpens. Lee, how do you see... Who do you give the, the edge to on that side? It's obviously... It's a tough one. I think 
I was because we see the Marlins more. Obviously, we, we know more about them. Mm. So I, I'd favour the Marlins. Like I say, we see them, and I think we've got a very solid four who Donnie trusts. You know, in Kinsler, Yimmy, Box, and Blair. You know, he 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 trusts them for as I saw. They're the only four he went to. You know, in a, in the Cubs series. Yeah. So yeah, it's obviously the Braves have got you know you know, you know some good arms themselves. But yeah, obviously I'd say just because we see a more you know I I'm, I'm more more trust in the Marlins pen. Mm, interesting. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I think recently I'd have more trust in the Marlins pen because we've had that. Um, we you, you, it, uh, Donnie's got two ways to go really. Um, you've either got the kind of um, if you've got that kind of uh, Hoyt and Blair there just to mop up, you know, an end of an inning if, if the if the opener is struggling a little bit to get it over the line, and then to get that one inning, you know, clear Boxberg has been excellent, uh, Yimmy's been really really good, uh, and then of course Kinsler has just been absolutely fantastic. He's been our our, our best closer. For years and years and years, we haven't had anybody like him who's as, just as confident, um, you know, doesn't um, seem flustered out there, even when he's in high-pressure situations. He's got 12 saves um, and looks fantastic. Now, the Braves have done quite well in that area too. They've got a little bit of experience there, not just their their closer. I don't know how to say his surname. Is it <laughs> Melancon? Melanson? Yeah, Melanson. Yeah, yeah Melanson. That's it. Um, it, you know, he's got 11 saves this year and has looked really, really good. But AJ Minter, um, it was uh, their closer in the past. Um, Shane Green has also done that as well. Um, Luke Jackson's that kind of uh, slightly odd uh, sort of character they've got in there, someone who is that kind of was thought about being a starter, then is trying to be a closer and it's not quite working. So They've got a few players in there that, that you actually think, oh, if they have to rely on that person, then it could maybe go wrong. Um, yeah. And they, they had a few signings that they didn't quite... It's interesting with us where we were getting... When, when COVID happened, we were getting bullpen from anywhere. The independent leagues, free agents haven't played for yonks. They'd made some sort of, you know, quite calculated signings from people like Will Smith, Darren O'Day, and, you know, which didn't really work out for them that well. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it, it's quite interesting to see. I, I think we're just at one step above what they've got. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. And Danny Martinez, the godfather, also went with, with the Marlins bullpen. I, I actually side with the Braves on this one slightly. And mainly, not so much the back end, my, for the Braves, the middle relief guy, the middle relievers have been have been incredible. You know, because they've had no rotation all year in the part, those that bullpen has been taxed. And that's the key difference. Whether that really matters when you're in the playoffs, I don't know. But I, I you know, these are the, that's why the Marlins have been absolutely destroyed in some games, multiple games this year. We've been absolutely handled because the middle relief pitching has just not been good enough. The sacrificial lambs haven't been good, good enough. So I I give it to the and those guys did a great job. I mean, how many innings did they go? Fourteen innings or thirteen innings to, yeah. to win that first game. You know, I, I I give a slight nod to them, but I love our back end. That I've said that all year. I love the back yeah. end. Of the I saying, yeah, if if you have know, some reason you know six toe struggles or something. 
and he's gone after three innings, then yeah, I think we could be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, after that, yeah, like I said, I think the back four are, is is the Marlins. Yeah, but if we are having to go to the pen in the fifth or something, then yeah, yeah, we 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 could have have some issues. Well, he's Castano with that option. Is that Castano? That if that goes wrong, is that is that Donny's Donny's option? You go to Castano. It's got to be, I think. Uh, well, it's, it's the Yankees. Well, here you go, guys. His perfect segue. Um, <laughs> hope you're listening, Alan Witz. Uh, he loves a segue. Uh, what we don't know yet is the rosters. So we have not had that confirmed. It won't be confirmed until um, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, um, their time. And there's some decisions to make. You know, who's going to be on the roster with, you know, now you've got a potential five game versus a three. You may line your pitches up. The interesting one, the really intriguing one, Eddie Cabrera. Could he make this roster to fill maybe that type of role where six, though, it doesn't happen, but you have Eddie waiting in the wings after the third inning to come in and make his major league debut in perhaps game three of the NLDS. I mean, you're right, Rob. Castano, for me, has earned his spot. Like, for me, Dan Castano is... He is the Marlins of 2020. Everything about him is the Marlins. Just the way he's battled. And, you know, it's just his attitude. And and he's delivered. But I'm really intrigued. Do you think we could see Eddie Cabrera, Rob? Is it possible? I mean, it's possible, but do you think we will? Well, he's, he's very, very well thought after. And uh, if it's a form thing, if it's, it's purely a form thing, if, they, if they've seen him in Jupiter and he's looked really, really hot and really, really on it, then then why not? Again, he's another pitcher who's not pitched above double A. But when he did, he did it very, very well. So just as a bit of background for the people who don't know, he uh, in uh, Jacksonville last year in double A, he started eight games with a 2.56 ERA, uh, 10 strikeouts per nine, which is pretty hot. Uh, and um, so, and you know, so he, he was pretty economical from that point of view as well. Didn't give away many walks or home runs per nine. Down in, uh, in Jupiter, he was even better than that. Uh, where his home runs per nine was 0.2. So he basically never gave away any long balls down there. So he's he's got a good pedigree. He's very well thought after. If he's the hottest guy in Jupiter and they think they can fill in, if he's going to be better than, I don't know, Yamamoto at doing that or Nick Nider and doing that, you bring your form guy in, don't you? The only thing is, is that, obviously, no experience. But then again, how many players we brought through are no experience, no Sean? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, conscious of time, let's let's kind of keep it rolling here. Um, Rob, defense, the defensive side. Which way are you siding? Again, I think I'm going to side with the Marlins. I think we are got a very, very, very tight infield. Um, and yes, and 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 so are the the Braves have got some excellent. Field, infielders too but mm-hmm. I just I that there's part of me that where especially like someone like um Anderson with his arm now uh, I I think that's that's a, an upgrade to um to what 
the the Braves had. I'm just trying to think who who's at third base with the Braves. It's mainly Austin Riley. I think. Austin Riley. Yeah. So I mean, Anderson's better. Anderson's a better third baseman there, no doubt. Yeah. So, so that that's that's a good example of that. Yeah. Um, and left field's another good one. You know, left field they've had well. Depends what they do with Ozuna, but if Ozuna's out there, you know, he's not great. Duval's been out there. You know, I guess he's slightly better than than Ozuna, but you know, I'm but, not not confident. Yeah. There. We've got if you if you take an outfield, even the depleted outfield without Marte, if you if you had like Harrison and um, you know Brinson out there and, and Magnolia Sierra, they're all athletes. So I would take them over an outfield of Marquez, Ozuna, Duval any day. Yeah. Um, as as pure athletes, and and that's where I think it's it's the case that as I said, our infield's really tight. Like John Bertie's really good. Jesus Aguilar, um, yes. Comparing against Freeman, who would you rather have? Obviously, Freeman's amazing, but it's um, I no, I, I think we just we just shade it above. And also, the other thing is, and one thing we haven't really talked about with that is that we've got the more propensity to stealing bases when you've got people like Bertie there um and and sierra and and sort of um harrison brinson um just because of the pace yeah and, and to me that was the point i was going to finally make there at the end the catching position wallach's become the starter i mean wallach's starting behind the dish defensively is good travis darno on the other hand he, i don't think he's thrown anyone out stealing bases all year like so it will be a field day uh, on that side, so I, I like that. Um, what about what about you, Lee? Similar spot, and and one question as well. We haven't touched upon, and it links to the de- defensive side. For me, Starling Marte, I think is a huge, huge doubt for this series. And you know, the Marlins are being a bit coy about information, um, but today, Donnie was talking about it, saying, you know, we've got a decision to make on the roster. You know, we've got a decision to make on Marte actually being on the roster for this series. So for me, I, I fear the worst with Marte. I think he's perhaps going to miss out, um, which hurts us defensively. So I'll let you answer the defense side. Aside from that, though, I think that creates a big problem for us offensively, too, because who's going to be in center field? You know, Mags was uh, Mags was there. I guess you've got Mags or Monte. And Freed's going to be going game one. I would very much doubt they go Mags in game one. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, I think you've got Monte Harrison, you've got Lewis Prince, and you've got Corey Dickerson as our, as our outfielders. So, ooh, makes it interesting. Yeah, like I say, the, the, the defence, you know, again, you know, I think, again, it comes down to who we see more. Obviously, we're used to seeing, seeing the Marlins, you know, every inning. I mean, like I said, the Marlins, I think, are probably in top of most, obviously, our only one real weakness on defence is Dickerson, you know, who's pretty prone prone to some some real clangers, you know, out there. But but other than that, obviously, the the, the infield, you know, I favour the Marlins. It's nice saying with Anderson at third is, you know, is great. So, yeah, obviously, and, but, to, but to, to lose Marte, you know, is tough. Obviously, speed and, you know, agility... I mean, but but how how's the can fill in? But also, it's it's going to be more more his bat that 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 like, we 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 will miss his power. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it will be a shame if if he can't even make the roster. That's... I have my doubts. I have my doubts now. Just hearing uh, hearing Donny talk today, I just get the sense that 
said, I mean, there was there was hope that he could maybe hit still or something like that, which would mean they'd have to DH, but then we'd lose one of Aguilar or Cooper's bat, and if he's and if he can't hit properly, yeah, hundred percent, it's not it's, it's not worth risking him. So yeah, yeah, it does sound like he won't be be you know available then. I mean, it's a big and the trade was huge. It was a massive trade. It was the right trade. It was the splashy trade, and we got it. We needed it because that centre field spot was just revolving door all year, um, and our, our you know our fallback options become you know Max, Monte, maybe Brintz, depending on platoon, and John Birdie. You know you shuffle JB out there, and, and Jazz goes into second base. I've got no problem with that either. But listen. Any one of those is a drop-off from Marte, yeah. in my opinion. So it hurts us. Um, but but if, we get, if we do go through, then we've got to, we're definitely playing either the Dodgers or the Padres, who I think are the two best teams out there. And you would definitely need Marte against them. So if, you want, if he can rest for another week to the, to the ability to then be able to hit the following week, Mm. Then you would you wouldn't include him in in this roster. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, you've got to make the right decision health wise, right? You know, the guy's got a a broken bone in his hand, and he's got to be he's just got to be honest with himself, and he's got to go out there and test it out today. Like yesterday, it's, it's got to be down down to the team to say no, because yeah. because he he would always, will always say yes, he can play. Yeah. So I mean, it's similar, you know, as Miami Heat are finding out. You know, you, know, you you got Bam who wants to play. You know, he says he can play, but the team were the ones who said no. No, like you know, you, know, you, you you're not fit, fit fit enough. You know, it's it's not worth worth risking. You know, your long longer term damage damage like one game. Absolutely. And, and as Rob said, if if we do get get through, you know, and then he's well rested. You know, it it could be you know a positive for us. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. If if we get through, no matter who we play there, either team, we will need everyone. I I, I mean, part of me wishes the trade deadline was still was still open, like we can go and acquire some more. Um, but anyway, right, let's finish it up. Final area, guys. Uh, Rob Newell, the managers, who has the edge? Uh, well, they're both both excellent, aren't they? And mm-hmm. um, obviously. I think we all kind of ridiculed Snicker's um, reaction to the Urania thing and all the rest of it. But blew up, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's he's handled that team really well. He's handled those youngsters that have come through, you know, you know, like, like Acuna Junior and Albies and all the rest of it. There's so so well, and there's re- they have built a really really good team out there. And they obviously, um, you know, like Marlins rely, you know, Donny's recognised. The, you know the skills of of Rojas and, and and having him as the central guy and bringing in those characters to really really give that real good team feel. Well, we know the Braves have had that as well. They've done something very very similar as well. You know they've got some really great guys with great characters in there, uh, not just Freeman and sort of Markakis and you know there's there the, 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 so yeah I think what the job he's done. Remember a few years back, um, and Lee will remember this more than obviously yourself, Pete, but. Um, the Braves at one point were rubbish. They really, really were bad. Every year they were bad. And they, they were guaranteed to finish last. Um, and even when the, the Marlins you know, used to have issues with our rotation, at least we know we'd come fourth because the Braves would come fifth. 
And um, so, you know, they've, they've really turned it round. It's a proper rebuild. They've done it well. The, the, the area they haven't done it well so far is in the in the in the postseason, and, and long may that continue. But the, so the answer is 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 going to be Donny, obviously, because the what he's had to face. Not so I'm, I'm just because I'm a Marlins fan, but what he's had to face, he's had to rebuild the team. And um, you know, I I still blame Donny for the fact that we don't have Spencer Torkelson, because really that team should have been the worst. But he's such a good guy, such a good man manager. That's how we managed to get some wins out of players that, you know, were maybe sub substandard or, or too young um, and inexperienced. But what he's done this year with the COVID situation, building that team, building that kind of work ethic and that whole kind of community feel within the team, which has is, is left us with winning series with, uh, you know, makeshift team of, of players no one's ever heard of, pictures from independent leagues, you know, all sorts being just brought in and playing so, so well. And then to get through it, the fact there was such a gap, double headers nearly every day, it felt like. And, and to get to this situation, I think is amazing. So, yeah, Donny's Donnie's manager of the year, in my opinion. Absolutely. He absolutely is. Lee Dobbs, any yeah. arguments with that one? Nah, I mean, you, I mean, you can't go against Donny. As, as you say, he will be being the manager of the year, surely. I mean, I, I, after all, all we've been been through, the, you know, like, the, like the mishmash of lineups and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's got got to be Donny. And like I say, he's been here before. You know, we, you know, we like the Dodgers, so he's he's got some experience, you know, of the playoffs. So yeah, I, I'd I'd favour Donny. He's been sensational. The Marlins have been sensational this year. What a story. For me, I've said it many times, it's the story in baseball. It really has been. Yes, there's a lot of hype elsewhere with other teams, but this Marlins team, incredible. Guys, only one way we can finish this. I need your oh, I need your predictions. Go with your heart, go with your head, go with whatever. Rob Newell is drinking white wine. Just FYI, Rob Newell is on the white wine and it's... Oh, it's gone now. It's gone. So, may, you know, we could be scrambled. Minds could be scrambled here, but I want predictions and I want a MVP of the series. Lee Dobbs, I'll go with you first and I'll finish. I'll let the wine seep into Rob's brain a little bit more and then he can finish up. Oh. Mm -hmm. Good luck with <laughs> I, this one. I'd love to, to see us win this series. One, as I think I've mentioned before, I hate the Braves. <laughs> yeah. They are my, my least favorite, my least favorite team. You know, especially in the NL. So I'd, I'd love nothing more than than to win this, and we will win it. Three two, MVP Sandy comes back on short rest, pitches seven strong innings on short rest, and wins us the series. Oh. So we oh. will win it. <laughs> Oh boy, I've just found a sound clip to promote this podcast right there. Awesome. Rob Newell and his Pinot Grigio. What are we saying? 3 1. 2. Marlins. <laughs> and I, I, think, I think the momentum that we've got, and it is about time that, that, that we really did put it to the, the Braves. They are a superb side. So are the Cubs. But the Cubs looked lost. 
Uh, that, that that look on Anthony Rizzo's face, he just looked like he didn't want to be there at the end. He didn't quite know what had gone on. He just realised that the, you know, the the the, the both not just NLNAL centrals are rubbish this year. They they're actually substandard to the East yeah. and the West. It was it was a bit of a, a shocking realisation. But no, I I I think we're on such form. We've got such confidence. And I just think our pitching wins it. That's what I'm hoping. And that's where I'm going, also going for Sandy as, as the MVP. But that's where I'm hoping that our, 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 you know, our main guys do pull it through. I can see them getting one back because um, we just talked about how you know Ian Anderson is, is uh, someone we can go after and he'll probably win that game. So, um, But I, I can see us edging it because I think we've got the confidence. And actually, certainly for somebody who's struggled a little bit, has been Brian Anderson, who seems to be swatting flies out there at the moment. But he's not far. If he could just connect and get back to that old BA again, then that will make up for the, the lack of the Marte bat. And if you think we haven't had Brian Anderson doing anything in that series, if he can, you know, slot back in again, I can see him being, you know, the the, the best with the bat that we have. So, um, yeah, I think pitching wins it 3-1. Wow. Love it, boys. Absolutely love it. I... I, I've yet to make up my mind, and I've got two more podcasts to do before we start. So I'm going to reserve judgment and predictions until the final pod before the first pitch. So I, I won't go. I'm going to hold it back. I'm going to consider more. I'm going to take in more opinion, see where we land. Should we say that Dan said a Marlin sweep? Dan <laughs> Dan did have the Marlin Sorry. sweep, and his, his MVP was Miggy Rowe. So... He's already texted me now and said, Marlon Sweet, Miguel Rojas, the MVP. So thanks, Dan, and go Heat. Um, guys, that's it. Episode 71 is in the books. The NLDS preview pod. Wow. This podcast has come a long way <laughs> since the bats were ice cold in Milwaukee at some stage in 20, 2019. So what a ride it has been. Lee Dobbs, Rob Newell, the UK Goats. Appreciate it as ever, lads. That was a lot of fun. And to the listeners, stick with us. We are back with two more preview pods coming up very soon. One of them will be Marlins Heavy and will be Explicit. Number, number two will be Braves Heavy and could also be Explicit. So stay tuned for them, guys. Thanks again, Lee. Thanks again, again, Rob. 71 in the books. And we'll see you in the NLCS. Go Fish! Go Fish!